welcome to Ready for Love Radio. This is your host and love coach, Nikki Lee. And I have got a good friend back with me today, and his name is Paul Bag. And quite a few of my Facebook friends actually are connected to Paul between his profile page and his business page. And if you've listened to the show, you've probably heard us talk before. But it's always fun, always, always fun to have a conversation with Paul. So we are going to talk about, um, well, let me, let me say, the show idea was inspired by a picture that he shared on his Facebook page, and it's a really cool quote. It says, your body is an instrument for loving. Fine-tuning your instrument warms you for the symphony of harmonies that you play with another. I just, I love that. Absolutely love that. So I said, I've got to talk about this, and Paul is the one I want to talk to. So, Paul, it's awesome to have you with me today. Well, it's always great to be here with you. Thank you for having me back. Well, yeah, um, we always share such fun conversations. <laughs> and fun conversations wherever I go. <laughs> got to do it, you know, got to do it. So, <laughs> yeah. um, so for the people that, that aren't familiar with you, and, and shame on them if they're not, you want to Tell the audience just a little bit about what you do, which I think will help explain why you're the person for this conversation. Okay. Well, for the past 20-plus years, I've been a sex and intimacy coach. I'm also a sensual sexual body worker. What that means is I work with sexual energy. I do it hands-on via massage, and I also do internal massage to create whatever type of change or goal that my particular client at the time is looking for. Uh, I'm also a nationally certified massage therapist and an ordained minister. See, just such a variety. (laughs) Oh, you know, I've I've learned that it's fun to work in a a variety of different sorts of things, and it just I, I can't imagine not doing that. I really can't. No, I draw experience from many different avenues of my life and my studies, and it all comes together, and it seems to be the perfect collection for what it is that I do and what it is that it seems my clients need from me. So it works out perfectly. Isn't it it awesome when your current experiences and past experiences and all of that works together and, and especially when you're, you know, helping a client or putting together like a presentation or a class or something, and it, and it just, all of those things come together. It's, it's so cool the way that works. It is. It's beautiful because a lot of times I, I teach workshops and I, I've done some, some um, college speaking tours. And, you know, when, I, when there's a subject that's given to me, it's like, okay, I'm studying, I'm studying, I'm studying because I want to make sure I know what I'm talking about when I put, put my, my thoughts forth correctly. And it's always nice when I don't have to do that studying, 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 because I just got something to draw from right in the back of my mind. And it, it usually ends up relating a whole lot better, too. Right, right. Yeah. It definitely does. Well, see, that, and when I started um, freelance writing full-time originally, I always made sure that I picked projects that were about topics that I already knew inside and out. <laughs> it makes it a whole lot easier. That's cheating. No, that's that's very smart. Smart and good. Yes, it is. It's not cheating. <laughs> You're just putting a new spin on old information. Come on now. 
<laughs> oh, gracious. Well, now, now, yesterday when I asked you what you were thinking, you know, as far as the, the message of, of that quote, and uh, I, I liked your answer, and it, it, it was about um, fine-tuning through deep exploration of self, um, honing sexual skills, and health in general. So I, I like all of those things. So we're going to kind of focus on finding what truly pleases each person and then perfecting the skill set you need in order to have that pleasure. Right? Mm. Right. Well, number one, we should actually give credit to the person who wrote that quote. Um, That was Caroline Muir, and she is a Tantra educator, teacher. She's got quite a few books out there. The one that I believe that quote came from is called uh, Tantra Goddess. Yes, it was. Yes. Um, Yeah, I, I, I love that quote. That's why I posted it, and I'm glad you picked it up and, and we're having this conversation now. You, the first thing that popped into my mind when I read it was um, actually the first word that popped into my mind was maintenance, you know, as far as keeping your body healthy and ready. But once I gave it like another two seconds, the the other things started to flow like, okay, well, you can maintain your body, but does that mean you're ready? And it's like, no, there's, there's so many other things that go into it. When that quote specifically talked about um, your body as an instrument in being harmonious in lovemaking with a partner. Now, if, if you're a musician, you're, you're playing an instrument, don't you always practice to be the best possible musician you can be? Of course. Of course. So if you're using your body as an instrument for lovemaking, wouldn't you want to be the best lovemaker you could be? Very true. Very true. Okay. Yes. Well, that's the way I picked it up. So what does that mean? Well, basically to me, that means that you, you know your body, you know what makes you feel good, you know how to make others feel good with your body, you're aware of your senses, you're aware of your partner's senses, Um, you're using your body as a tool and keeping that tool sharpened, honed to perfection, ready, ready for that event that it was made for. And in this case, we're talking about lovemaking sessions. Oh, I like that. Okay. That's good. Yeah, maybe well, a little little simplified and not so esoteric sounding, but... Well, but it, okay. it makes sense. It, it's a good starting point. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, and, and learning to use your entire body, you know, not just a couple of parts of your body, but learning to use your entire body to make your partner, to, to make pleasure for yourself and for your partner also. Sure. Sure, I mean... Uh, well, we should know our bodies better than anyone else. So if that is the case, then we, we do know what makes us feel good. So we put ourselves in position so that we can have those feelings, so that we can get all out of this experience that we should be. So what does that mean? Well, that means you really got to know yourself. How do you know yourself? Self-exploration. You need to find out what makes you feel good. You need to find out what kind of things turn you on. And then 
you know, you also need to find out to be there for the other partner, of course, what kind of things your body can do that could possibly turn them on and expand upon that and keep searching and learning about yourself and growing in the process. So what kind of suggestions can we offer to people that don't really understand? I mean, they they may know a couple of things that, that they really enjoy but if if their partner were to say, "Tell me, tell me what you want and need from me," they they just don't have an answer for it. So, is there some suggestions we can give people to help them to to get a better handle on that? Well, sure. And uh, number one, there's a lot of different reasons why you may not have an answer for that. Um, mm-hmm. And we've talked about this before. I know that you know society, culture religion, parents, whatever, they all place certain expectations on you and teach you what they think you're supposed to be or what, you know, dress you the way you're supposed to, they think you're supposed to dress, do what they think you're supposed to do. So a lot of times that whole self-exploration thing never even comes into play because you're told not to or you're, you're made to feel shamed if you do. So when your lover turns around and asks you, well, you know, what makes you feel good and, and you sit there and you really have nothing to draw from because you haven't been experimenting or explorative with your own body, then, then that's not going to help any at all. So you, you do need to take the time to go inside and, and see what makes you feel good. What I often do in my workshops is I, I take them on a guided meditation and uh, all right this is one I did so I'll just use this as an example I brought them into the woods made them picture that they were lying totally naked in a stream that was only about four inches deep the fact that the water was only about four inches deep meant that it kind of caused a line right across the middle of the body from front to back so you had sensations of cool and wet on one side and hot and dry on the other. And then I asked them to take a look at how that made different parts of their body feel. And now, especially in the genital area, if you've got half hanging out of the water and half in the water, there's going to be different sensations. It could be pleasurable. They may not be so pleasurable, but either way, there's something to be experienced and you can gain knowledge. Um, that, that, Again, that, that example was a meditation I did. But I'd say to pay attention to your fantasies would be one thing. Because you, your fantasies are your subconscious, and they're, they're kind of echoing your desires. They're, they're, they're almost a mirror image of what's going on inside you that you don't even realize. So if you pay attention to your fantasies, you might get a glimpse of certain things that could possibly be a turn-on for you. Now, I, and I don't mean, now let's say you have a fantasy of being, again, just off the top of my head, you've got a fantasy of being tied up and being, being a submissive, okay? And that's, that's all fine and good. If that's what you're into, that's great. But this doesn't mean that's necessarily that. That's just telling you, if you had that dream, it just means start taking a closer look at it, that maybe there are certain aspects of it that might seem appealing. I mean, I wouldn't go right out and just try that because it could be very 
it, it could be harmful it's not, if, if it's not what you wanted or it could shock you or anything else. But to take things slow and just start paying attention to things that you don't normally do, those will give you clues into your, your inner sensuality, your true sensuality, and how you really feel as opposed to the way society tells you to feel. You know, I'm thinking, too, that, that you have to give yourself permission to do this. Well, yes, absolutely. Because, again, society tells you that you don't have permission to do that, that that's bad, it's evil. Exactly. You know? Yeah. That's what I was thinking, because you kind of like, you know, when, when you do certain things, you have to be ready to take that first step. You know, you've got to be to the point where you either understand that you want something to change or you want something to improve, and you know, the, the person's got to be ready to tackle these kind of things. It's the same thing. You've got to say, you know, this this is something I want to do. I deserve the pleasure in my life, and I give myself permission to start exploring the, these avenues I may not have tapped into before. Right, and, and they can even be subtle little things that you never realize. Like, for instance, we'll say, I'll use women wearing a short skirt on a breezy day. Okay, maybe you never really noticed because it was too much on your mind or you, you were preoccupied with something else, like how that breeze feels blowing up, the, up your inner thigh. You know, that could be quite erotic for some people. If, if they took that in their head and started going with it, you know, imagining where this breeze could take them, imagining where this feeling can take them. It, it, things like that, the, the subtle little things, you know, it could be as simple as um, getting out of the shower and your water, water dripping off your nipples. You know, something you may have never noticed before, but you finally started to take a look at it and there might be something there. There may be a feeling attached to that that is pleasurable that you might want to expand on, but you don't know until you do start looking. True, true. And, and you know, just being aware of what's going on, what's happening around you, how it feels. And, and I was, last week we were talking about um, sensate focus, you know, and, and not rushing to orgasm, but, you know, experiencing every moment in feeling, you know, each other, yourself and your partner, and, and just letting yourself be taken away in that moment. You know, it's, oh, it yeah. can be pretty cool. We are here on this planet to experience. That, that's what we're here for, to experience things, to, to live life. Now, a huge part of that life is pleasure. Our, our human bodies, and again, I've done this with you before, we are built for pleasure. The clitoris alone, 8,000 nerve endings that are there for one purpose and one purpose only, make you feel good. You know, if that's all in place for pleasure, then pleasure essentially becomes our birthright, that we're here to feel pleasure. So it then becomes your choice. Do you want to enhance this? Do you want to build on it? Or do you want to just kind of leave it off to the side and say, yeah, okay, that's great, but i got other things i got to do. Yeah. You know, it, it, it's your body. It, it's your experience here. And, if, of course, if you're sharing it with a partner, you're married, you're in – uh, you know, a coupled relationship, then why wouldn't you want to share it with them? You know? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Very true. 
Okay, now what if a person wants, this is a tad bit off topic, but not much. What if a person wants to have a better understanding of the things that give their partner pleasure? How are some ways, non-confrontational and non-judgmental ways, that they can start that conversation? You know me, I'm big into conversation and communication. So what are some ways that they can, because sometimes you just need to kind of give each other permission to have the conversation. So how can they get that started? Okay. Well, yeah, communication is key in any relationship, whether it be between you, your spouse, lover, or at work, or with your neighbor. It doesn't matter. It's it's very important. Um, to get that conversation going, assuming that you have a nice communicative relationship, um, the easiest way is just to say, you know, I, I've been thinking I might like to try this. And just, you know, even say to your partner, keep an open mind about something because <laughs> it, it could be something that's out of their normal realm of thinking or something their mind wouldn't even go to. But if it's something that, that could please you, then, again, hopefully if you have a nice communicative relationship, they're going to want to listen to you. But if it's something you might be a little shy asking, you could always say, hey, I, I had a dream. You know, so it was subconscious, and that way you kind of rid yourself of responsibility a little bit because it happened while you were sleeping. You know, it's not your fault. But <laughs> you can say, you know, I, ha- I had a dream, and there were certain aspects about it that I liked. It, you know, do you think we could try it? And, and actually, women are famous for this. You'll say, oh, I was reading a magazine, and I saw I read this article, or I was watching TV, and, and this situation happened. And can we try this? I mean, I know in many of my previous relationships, that was the case where they just say, oh, I read this. Can we try it? And, and actually, I get that from clients a lot, too. It's like, can I, I read this. Can, is this something that we can do? Will this help? And they're like, yeah. Well, let me see the article, number one, and, and then we take it from there. So communication is the key in anything, as we all know. Definitely. But as long as, you know, if you're in a safe relationship, Anyway, you're not being abused, you're not being um, shamed or made to feel like you are somehow not an equal, then it shouldn't be that difficult. I mean, this this is 2016 now. There's computers, you know, everything is at your fingertips all over the planet. So it's not like we're living in in a society where you can't get your hands on this material to know these things are out there. Um, it's not that completely abstract anymore. Now, most of what used to be taboo and considered fringe or left field, it's kind of in your face now anyway. So, yeah, I think it should be a lot easier now in 2016 than it would have been, say, back in 1980 to have conversations like that. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, I was I was still living home in 1980. Trust me, that was not the conversation going on. <laughs> hey, what was that? I was born in 67, so it was about 1972 that I found Hustler and Penthouse between my parents' mattress and box spring and tried to figure out very briefly what that was all about. And, yeah, so <laughs> it, it, it's a totally different day and age now. It is. It is, and, and I know that your website and my website have plenty of information for people. So, 
Oh, yeah. Yeah. Hey, I mean, you know, and... Go ahead. Well, speaking of which, do you want to give your, while I'm thinking about it, you want to give your um, uh, Facebook page and your website address? Oh, sure. Well, the Facebook page is called Ecstatic Sensations. And the website is simply www.ecstaticsensations.com. It's good good to make it easy for people to find us. (laughs) Kind of what we rely on. No doubt. doubt. I've I've talked to people in the past doing promotional stuff, and they're like, well, you know, I I hid my contact information. Why? (laughs) What's the point? Make it easy for people to find things. But that's a whole other. I actually have, have done other shows about that on my other my show I used to have. <laughs> oh gracious! Okay, so we we were talking also about honing sexual skills, um, and we were talking about people reading and you know whatever whatever the blog or the website or or whatever it may be. Um, are there any? Let me see if I can word this. It, it's forming in my brain. Um, are there any things that that are unusual people may not have thought about? Because I mean, there's there's certain things that always come to mind when you're thinking about pleasure for either ourselves or for for a partner. But can you think of any unusual kind of things that people may not think about that they might want to try? And I'm I'm thinking you've got a background. You probably have some really interesting conversations that have come up with clients and and that sort of thing that you might want to share. You just sent my head in 400 different directions at the same time. Um, (laughs) (laughs) It's like that moment where there's, there's somebody does something and you get like 50 jokes that all come into your head at the same time and you you don't know what to say. Right. Yeah. You just did that to me with that question. Um, All right, say it one more time now that I've okay. now that I've calmed down. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'm sorry. Okay. I'm thinking there's there's normal things we always think about when you're thinking about, you know, being with your partner and and maybe foreplay or kissing or, or whatever. So there's just certain things that are just kind of automatic. Okay? But yeah. what are some unusual tips that we might could share for people to uh make a, a a better connection with their partner or to to start learning more about their partner? Really, the, the simplest and easiest way I can explain this, which would be the best and give, give you more possibilities than anything else, would be to simply pay attention. Pay attention to your partner. Good. If you're lying there, say you're, you're stroking them very lightly, pay attention to what sends shivers. Pay attention to the little faces that he or she is making. They'll, they'll let you know if they like it or if they want you to to keep doing more. Um, pay attention to that to the body. If you're doing something that, let's say, you think should be turning the person on, but their body is still all kind of like you know tense and what is this? Then it's not something you want to keep doing. But if you're doing something and you can and you can feel this. I mean, if, if, if you're in that moment, you can, you can feel this. This is not something I have to try and teach. You can feel that person's body melt. You know, you can feel their breath getting heavier. You can watch their chest and see them starting, starting to move. And 
those all all those indicate indicators right there are really all you need i mean from that you can actually bring things into it if you want to start playing with toys or try um different sensations like ice cubes do it but go slow and just pay attention the body of your lover will tell you everything you need to know without me having to say anything it's true. Well, and that's things that I've brought up in shows before is, you know, pay attention to the effect you're having on the person and how they're reacting, not necessarily just what they're saying, because that's only going to give you part of the story. So I, I like that you, you that, that was not prompted to the audience. <laughs> he just came up with that. But um, like I said, watch how they're reacting. And, and there again, be aware. Be aware of um, their yeah. reactions. And, and like you said, they're you're going to know if they like something or not. I mean, it's, it's yeah, usually and, pretty clear. <laughs> and, and basically the best thing you can do for your lovemaking relationship or your relationship in general is just to be present for your partner. Yeah. To be in that moment with them, whatever it be, whether it be you're laying down trying to make love or, you know, they're telling you about their day or something that's bothering them. Just to be present is the biggest thing you can ever do for your partner. Very true. Well, and, and then in return, they'll be present for you when you need them to be. So. Absolutely. Absolutely. And if not, then you just, that's a whole and other... You that's need, and you need a new partner. <laughs> well, there you go. <laughs> so, well, um, I mean, in, in all honesty, if that's not there and there's no desire for that to be there, then you're really not getting what you should be out of that relationship. And it would be time to start thinking about either trying to fix it or finding another. Yeah. yeah. In my humble opinion. Well, I did, did a show a couple of weeks ago about sexless marriage, you know, and, and that doesn't mean absolutely no sex in some instances. It just means very little or you, you just don't have the physical, emotional, mental you know, connection with one another, you know, so not saying that the only important thing in, in a relationship is sex, but, you know, but it, it is something, I mean, you, you need that connection with your partner. So The intimacy. Yes. The intimacy needs to be there. It could be in a many different ways, but that intimacy still needs to be there. Very true. Well, we were even talking about, you know, even, even if there's, you know, a, a hopefully limited time period where maybe there's an illness or something else that's causing you not to want uh, a, a normal sexual relationship for a while, you still need to maintain that intimacy with one another to keep the connection between the two of you. So You do, but ha, 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 and this is my part uh-huh. where I take off. Um, <laughs> I knew it. You also, and this goes back to our post, I mean that my post and what we were talking about today, if you're not getting it from somewhere else, you still need to be getting it. Meaning... If you're not having sex with your partner for some reason, whatever it be, could be a health reasons, could be, you know, they're away for whatever reason, you still need to be taking care of yourself. There's the maintenance part I was talking about. Um, We we are sensual sexual creatures. That's the way we're born. It's just the way it is. Um, It is very important to keep that sexual energy flowing, to keep it flowing through our systems. Whether you want to call it, Ki, chi, prana, life force energy, whatever it is, it's running through us. And it needs to have a clear channel to flow. 
through sex, through keeping that energy going, we, we give it that free channel to keep moving and vitalize us and revitalize us, revitalize us all the time. So, I mean, self-love can be just as important. Well, self-love is probably even more important than love from somebody else. But in a relationship, when you're not getting it for one reason, self-love becomes that much more important to make sure that you are being loved from somewhere. And that can also be considered maintenance and can be considered keeping that body honed for that symphony when it does happen. Isn't it interesting how I say something that sparks an idea for you and you say something that sparks an idea for me? (laughs) I thought that's why we did this. I think it is. I think it is. <laughs> like I said, I, I, audience, we didn't plan that. It just kind of worked that way. Oh, gracious. Okay. Um, so what is, and, and I believe you just had a conversation about this before you, you got back to the phone, what is sexual energy for people that don't really understand that phrase? Oh, okay. Um, okay, well, again, like I just said a second ago, whether you want to call it key, which is, uh, I believe, Korean, I think chi is Chinese, um, prana would be Indian. It's life force energy. It's the same energy that's, that created the earth. Okay, I know it's going to sound very hippie, very new agey, very spiritual, but it's true. That energy courses through us. The simplest and most easy example I can give for anybody to understand energy is this. You walk into a room. There was just an argument in that room. The, the air feels tense. It feels heavy. That is energy. That may not be good energy because there was an argument just in that room, but that is energy. Okay, so that is one form of energy. The other form is what we carry inside of us. Um, yoga. Yoga works to build this energy to help purify it, to help strengthen it through breathing, through muscle movement, through, through poses. Um, so we have this thing called sexual energy. It flows through us all the time. And we have these other things called chakras, which are the seven major energy centers in our body, which I won't get into now. That's a whole other class. Um, But the energy moves up and down through these energy centers from your base, which it's considered your base, is where between your perineum and your pubic bone. And it moves all the way up through what is called your crown, and that's the top of your head. So basically it flows through your entire torso. Um, This flow of energy is essentially, well, if we take the sexual part off of it and just call it energy, that's what Chinese medicine is based on, these meridians, these energy channels. So let's put sexual, sexual back in front of it. That sexual energy moving through these energy channels keeps it clean, keeps it vital, keeps it healthy, keeps it strong. Um, Sexual energy also has a way of being able to be picked up from other people. Um, not like a cold or anything, however, but you, you can sense it. Just like you walk into that room and you can sense energy, you walk next to somebody and you can sense somebody who is very comfortable in their sexuality because they're going to have a confidence to them. They're going to have an attitude to them. Um, you could also pick up on somebody who's not real comfortable with their sexuality or their sexual energy. They're, they're kind of like, uh, you get a feeling of, of being 
standoffish, like they're being a little standoffish or something. And they may not even realize they're doing it. It's, it's their sexual energy. Um, sexual energy is also famous throughout um, the ancient teachings of Taoism, Buddhism of being our life force and the things we can do with it it can be used for healing it can be used for empowerment it can be used for you could channel it throughout your body to different areas where you may need some help say you've got an organ that's damaged or something you can focus this energy there and use it for healing sexual energy itself well it's basically what i based my whole professional career on um but it's just so vital to us in every way and it's something that you're never taught right let me just right. put it that way very true well see that's that's why i knew you were the person to ask hey thank you <laughs> <laughs> well can it and, and this may be a, a very amateurish way to to illustrate it but can that also be kind of the the only word i can think of is charge that, that you can feel when you're with somebody that you really, really like and, you know, or love, depends on, you know, the situation and the person. But, you know, you just, sometimes you're with somebody and you just, you just feel so good. And it, it can just be, you know, being in the same place, talking, you know, even, heaven forbid, fully closed, you know. <laughs> but just, heaven forbid. That connects, you know, and, and you just, you feel that with just certain people. Well, yeah, like like I just said, you know, you, if you feel that person who's who's confident, who is happy with their sexuality, who's living in that energy and freely expressing it, they're going to be a great person to be around. They're going to make you smile. They're going to make your energy feel good. It, it, yeah, that that becomes a huge win-win for everybody. But now again, the, the opposite end of the spectrum. If you get next to somebody or you're with somebody that they're sexual energy isn't flowing correctly or it's for some reason suppressed or maybe even repressed to a certain extent, then you're not going to have that same good feeling. They're not going to be giving out the, uh, the, the feel good smiley type of, you know, very approachable type of energy. So it may make you feel different. I mean, we're all to some extent, we're all, um, products of our environment. Well, that becomes the same thing with our personal environment and our personal space that we hold around another. Right. Um, it, we, all, we all have this energy coursing through us, so therefore we all have a little energy field that goes with it. So it, it's something you can project. You know, you can... I, I'm, I'm famous for always making people smile, and that a lot of that comes from my sexuality, my comfortability in it, and the way I freely express it. So I make people happy wherever I go. The opposite end of the spectrum could also be true. If I wasn't the way I am, I could be walking around and nobody wants to be near me. And, yeah, that would be terrible. Right. Then we wouldn't be having these phone calls. Damn. We just wouldn't be able to share so many cool things with people. <laughs> i got to keep an eye on this now. <laughs> well... <laughs> You know what? I have a feeling people have said that about both of us, but that's you know that's okay. <laughs> yeah. that's, you know what? Their problem, not mine. Mm-hmm. Oh, I got you. So, something that I've actually wanted to talk to you before, and we haven't really delved into, and I think it actually can be tied to what we're talking about today, 
is some of the work you do is helping people with uh, traumas that they've had in their lives. And it seems, and from some of my experiences, it's been that if there has been something traumatic that's happened in your life, it can really screw up how you feel about yourself, how you feel about your sexuality, how you feel about being with other people to a large degree. So, and and I know that that a person having an appointment with you and being worked over would definitely be the best possible solution, Um, and I plan to do that one of these days. But in the meantime, Uh Can, can we? You just got to be closer. <laughs> but, um, yeah. In the meantime, is is there a way that we can help people that that may have had past traumas that they maybe haven't dealt with or need to deal with um, that can help them with what we're talking about today? All right. Um, that Point covers a huge spectrum of things. But all right. Um, Okay, well, number one, uh, issues of trauma always affect us on an energetic level. I mean, we, we, can, we are, as a human, we are a holistic body, body, mind, and spirit. We're not just physical, we're not just emotional, we're not just spiritual. It's, it's all inclusive. So these types of traumas do affect us on every level. Now, you can go to a psychiatrist or a counselor. You can work it out that way, and that'll help your head. You can, if there's physical damage from this type of trauma, um, then you can go go to a doctor and obviously work it out that way. And you could even, you know, if it's a spiritual nature, you can go and talk to a pastoral counselor or whoever and work it out that way. However, the type of work that I do works on all three levels at once. So it does address all of these things. Um, there is literally a myriad of different symptoms you could be could be going through as a result of trauma self-esteem being being one of the most prominent but then again there's a huge huge amount of other things that could happen that just affects your your overall well-being but okay since we mentioned self-esteem um when things like that happen to you you want to know why did you do something wrong you know, is there something bad about you? Is there, are you the reason that this happened? And sadly, in today's society, generally that's what you're told. Even though it's not true, that's what you're told. Um, right. First thing you've got to do is realize that this is about you, number one. It, it, it's not about anything anybody else has to say. It's about you, how you feel about yourself, how you feel about what happened, and where you want to go from there. Um, cause then it's going to be up to you to go out and seek the help. Nobody can do it for you. You have to do it. Even the work that I do, I have a lot of people, they call me a sexual healer. I say, no, I am not a healer. What I do is I work with my client and we work together to achieve our results. It's not me doing something else to somebody. No, it, it's all you. So that being said, um, you know, the bookstores are full of self-help books. You can go online and find thousands of self-help videos. You can, you can get on the Internet and search for thousands of different gurus or, or healers or whatever. Um, but basically, it's really just going to boil down to you making a decision for yourself that you're tired of feeling the way you are and that whatever happened when that trauma occurred, you want to get past it and move forward. Once you actually make that decision, 
you can start taking a look at what different things you think were affected. Like if you know you used to be a happy, jolly person all the time, and you used to like to go out to the malls or do whatever, and now suddenly you don't, well, then you know, okay, then maybe I have an issue around being around people now. Maybe I don't feel safe now. Well, that gives you a starting point where you can start doing or looking to things to address that to get you back to where you were before. Um, yeah, it, it's a huge, huge spectrum to just come right out and say, okay, you should start doing this because it affects everybody differently. But right. re- really what it comes down to is just making that decision to actually start doing something and to start seeking. That's square one. And, and if, if you start reaching out for help, reach out to non-judgmental people that are actually going to help you not cause more problems. Well, yeah, yeah, because, again, the way society is today, it puts stigmas on everything. And you're told that things are your fault when they're not your fault. You know, now the huge thing that's been in politics and everything is the rape culture. And, oh, because you dressed that way, then you must have been looking for it. Or there was some idiot politician who said that the body... Oh, what did he say? That the body can't get pregnant during rape, that somehow it shuts down that process. Some ridiculous Republican candidate from somewhere, I can't remember. But, well, people I mean, all that, saying things shouldn't talk about them. That's simple. <laughs> well, you don't, don't, don't listen to other people. Listen to yourself as far as that type of judgment goes. I mean, you don't need any of it. You know what you're feeling already. You may be feeling shame from something your parents told you, you know, when you were 15 and now you're 40 and you're trying to deal with this, you don't need to hear any more of that garbage. So, yeah, you want to look inside and that should give you a clue as to where you need to start the work. And then, of course, if you're going to search for somebody, make sure they are very reputable because in a situation of self-esteem, that becomes an area where it's very easy for somebody to take advantage of you. If you know that you need to be told that you're great, that you're beautiful, that you're an incredible person, and somebody starts telling you that, telling you the things you want to hear, um, there are people out there who are skilled at taking advantage of you in that situation. So always make sure that you check, double check, if at all possible, get references from anybody that you go to work with, it's very, very, very important. Very true. You know, I um, hadn't thought about this in ages, but years ago we had a, like, holistic health fair here locally, which <laughs> just having one of those here was, was kind of leaving you speechless. But uh, small towns, they're great, aren't they? But um, one, of the, one of the people that was there, well, I was there with my boss. We, we actually had a, a booth set up and we're talking to people too. But then I was talking to somebody else, and, and they were, um, I don't remember the, the specifics of, of the title of what he did, but it was, it was um, about, you know, relaxing, meditating, deep breathing to, to get yourself to a, a more calm, relaxed kind of state. And, I mean, I, yep. you know, my life is just insane, so <laughs> anything calming is a good idea for me, you know. Um, and, and he's, well, I'm having, I'm having this, this uh class in my office and and you're more than welcome to join us you know no charge blah 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 all this kind of stuff and i hemmed and hauled and i'm like nah, nah, you know and i finally decided to go well yeah. 
this is going to surprise you immensely, I'm sure. But there was nobody else there for the class when I got there. And I'm like, uh, <laughs> you know. <laughs> anyway, still, still uh-huh. stuff going. Okay, right. So everybody called in at the last second. Sure, right. But um, yeah. I, I did learn some interesting things. But uh, but yeah, tr- to say that I was not able to relax like uh, you know I wanted to, definitely an understatement. But um, yeah, it's, yeah, it's no. amazing the things people will do to take advantage of you. When whenever you're going to do any work on that type of an intimate nature or of a place where you are, we'll say, vulnerable at the moment. Right. It's very, very important to be in a safe, sacred, loving, nurturing space. And it's also very important to be with somebody who is coming from an intention of being nurturing, loving, caring, safe, sacred. Yes. Well, and, and the, the blatantly lying to me really was not a good idea. You know, if it had been, you know, I normally do this in individual sessions, then I could have made an educated, you know, decision on what to do. But the, it's going to be a class setting, and then boom, no, it's not going to be, you know, come on. But um, yeah. yeah. Yeah, well, that so, happens in every profession, too, though. So it does. Not just us. <laughs> I, I don't like being vulnerable in that kind of way. I, I don't deal with vulnerable very well at all, but especially not like that. Well, it, it takes um, a lot of courage. It takes a lot of courage for somebody to start working on that dark stuff, to bring it up again. Because for, for whatever reason it was to begin with, you tucked it away. Either you couldn't deal with it, you didn't want to deal with it, or it was too scary to deal with. So you tucked it away. And now we're talking about bringing it back up and to some extent, reliving it again. And it's a very scary thing. So it takes a lot of courage to want to get past that type of trauma. Well, you know what what I found in my case is, I I don't know what triggered it, but after years, I started having nightmares and reliving every moment, every single night. And I'm like, I I, I don't know why this has started up again, but this, this, something's got to stop it. And I I had not told more than about one or two people before that. And then yeah. what I did is because I couldn't, I, I, I know my family. I, I love my family, but I, I know them, you know, and they are very mm-hmm. much the judgmental, your fault kind of people, you know, especially right. when they don't agree with with what you do and this kind of thing. But what I did is I actually wrote a letter because I couldn't do it face-to-face, but I said, I've got to get it out, and I kind of need to know that they know, and maybe that will help. So I wrote everything right. out. And and I, I was getting ready to leave for the day, and I said, I need you to read this, and I, I would appreciate support. Not expecting any, but, you know, I would appreciate it. But all right. I need you to do is confirm to me that you've read it, and, and that's all I need. And they, they called me about an hour later and didn't offer much support, which I didn't expect. Um, but then, you know, from that that time on, I have not really had to deal with the whole dreaming flashback kind of thing with it at all. Well, which has been there's a, there's a, I mean, triggers are caused for hundreds and hundreds of different reasons. And in right. you know, any type of trauma, it could just be a car accident we're talking about, not necessarily sexual trauma, but there's right. triggers there. You know, you, you turn, you look quick, and there's a bus there. It's like, oh, shit, right. triggered you back to something else. Right. Right. So, but even... That little thing you did of of writing that letter, right? You 
you knew you weren't going to get the support out of it or anything like that, that still can be very empowering to not be hiding anymore. Because when you do have issues of self-esteem or you do have issues of trauma, either you're made to feel like you have to hide because all of, you know, because of the stigmas that are attached to everything, or you feel like there's something wrong with you and you want to hide. Right. Those things right there, I mean, writing that letter, again, no, not expecting any support, but still putting it out there, that's very empowering. Right. You know, you, you took the power back right there. You were in control of that. That was something you had control of. And in those situations, that's a big deal. Yep. When something that has been done to you that you had absolutely no control out of over and has caused so much harm for you to take back one little thing, that's great. And then if you could actually continue and pick up one more little thing and then one more little thing, they start to build. And that's very empowering. And that creates a lot of confidence so that you can move forward and do more work. And then, right. you know, by the time you realize it, you're actually on your way to getting exactly what you want out of this thing, to get past these traumas, to move past them, to get back on with your life. That's it. Well, see, I, I hadn't thought about empowering, but it really was. Like I said, it just yeah. it, it worked so well for me. That's why I wanted to share that because it's, you, you don't, you've got to take the nerve to hand it to the person and say, look, I need you to read this. But it's a whole lot easier than pouring your heart out to them in person. It really is. And oh, something yeah. about helps too. So, I've known women who are second degree black belts who have had traumas like that happen to them, sexually based traumas, and you know, it's, then they spend the next couple of years kicking themselves, saying, you know, I should have been able to do this, I should have been able to do that. Why didn't I do this? Why didn't I do that? Like, stop that. <laughs> stop <laughs> second guessing everything. It's already happened. You know. Now it's time to pick up and move on. Let's do, you are totally out of control. I mean, whether out of control of the situation, whether you think you should have been in control or not, that's a different story. We're not talking about that. We're talking about now and what you can be in control of at this moment. And when you can do that and you can make those little accomplishments, that puts you back in control. That's it. You got to take the control back. Mm Mm-hmm. And like I said, I'm all about empowering ourselves. So, very true. All right. Well, see, I, you know, for some reason, it's, it it seems helpful to share this kind of stuff. And, and the thing is, it, it helps me, and I hope that it helps the audience too. So, as far as the the, I, I'm glad we got off on that. I, like I said, I think it, it does work into it because I know that that those experiences can hold us back from being able to to feel comfortable and to feel good about ourselves and our bodies and, and I mean, even sometimes sex in general, you know, so all, all yeah. useful information. And like I said, it's something I'd, I'd want to mention with you anyway. So yeah. with, with the original topic of understanding ourselves and uh, developing a skill set and that sort of thing, is, is there any, any points that we missed that we need to share with the audience? I really think it really just comes back down to what I said before as far as being present with your lover and, for that matter, being present with yourself. Pay attention to the little things. They will tell you so much more than if you go go buy a book that tells you, okay, stroke her this way and she's going to love it. Well, you don't know that. Everybody's different. Pay attention. That'll work. 
people are even different from time to time. What what we enjoy one time may not be exactly the same the next time. You know, Absolutely. So, so even even if you know your partner's loved something in the past, still be aware and you know pay attention and maybe maybe you need to shake it up a little bit next time. <laughs> so, right. I mean, you, you can you can try little things, variations in speed of positions or variations in positions. It doesn't have to be super dramatic. You can try just little things and see where they take you and then just like with, you know, the accomplishments, build on that and see where that brings you. That's right. And it doesn't mean you're doing something wrong. That's just not what the person needs at that moment. So, and, and you know, honestly, I mean, isn't a big chunk of the fun learning and discovering all these things about our partners? I mean, come on. <laughs> oh, hell yeah. I mean, when you're when you're young, it's probably probably not that way. There's more of the instant gratification thing when you're young. But yeah, as you get older and you start caring more about yourself and caring more about your partner, then that is the fun, the the exploration, the discovery. Definitely, always something new to learn. You just got to be open to learning and open to exploring. So ne- very good. Never stop learning. <laughs> this is true about about ourselves and about anything else too. So, right, that's it. I I, I can't imagine people that don't want what like to learn and and explore. I, I can't even imagine. But I think I'm glad that I'm like that. So, well, it it happens. I mean, I have clients that get stuck in a rut. Um, mm-hmm. What is it? Empty nest syndrome, for one. You know, you get stuck in certain ways. You get stuck in certain things, and just yeah, okay, I'm satisfied, whatever, and don't put any effort into trying to make it better. Yeah, that, better. Well, this this is just how it's going to have to be. It's like, no, it doesn't have to be like that. Exactly. But thank goodness, there are options. You just got to be willing to, you know, make it make it happen and take the first step. Mm-hmm. Well, Paul, I appreciate very much that, that you were – on the call with me today so we can we can share this. And like I said, I just I saw that picture and I'm like, that's gotta be a show. There's gotta be a show in that picture. <laughs> and poof, there it is. See, you know you know you never know what I'm gonna see that's gonna spark an idea. Well, all you gotta do is get a hold of me and we'll put a show together. There you go. <laughs> it's easy to talk for an hour about things. <laughs> yes it is. All right, listeners. And there will be a replay of the show on my website. Um, lovecoachjourney.com and I'm actually going to in the promotional image is also it will include the image that I got this idea from and I've I've gotten lots of cool feedback on that image so it will be very very easy to spot a very um, sensual picture let's leave it at that (laughs) that works and not even Facebook can argue because there is nothing showing that they don't think it should be So, Paul, I appreciate you being with me today. And listeners, I'll see you next time on Ready for Love Radio.